This is Tuesday, February 8th. Now, years ago, when I was on a walkabout after finishing up a year of grad school in Scotland, I found myself in Cairo, Egypt with the opportunity of a lifetime. Rather than walk Giza, that's the place where the pyramids are located, I had the opportunity to take a day-long guided tour via horseback. Now, don't think typical tour guide and special trip for visitors. Think Bedouin teenager riding a very pregnant donkey with two guys attempting to ride small horses fitted with wooden saddles. I think my backside is still hurting from that journey. But the beauties of such an unusual wasteland kept us engaged while our teen guide goaded his donkey into moving. Yes, goaded. Pregnant, she didn't want to make the journey and had to be forced along for almost every step. Our guide assured us she'd be fine, and she was, but it was not easy getting her to climb the immense sand dunes of the Sahara. Our day was painful, but it was also magnificent. That day we explored hidden crypts and unusual stone monuments. There were nowhere on the maps they sell to tourists in Cairo. It was pretty amazing. This city boy also learned a lot about animals. I learned what a goad was and how it worked. Goads are prods used to move animals along that are not willing to go. They often have a sharp point. Now, in our times, they may even be electrified. They've got to hurt a little bit, or they just won't work. Here's our text for today. Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are goads, they're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. It's Ecclesiastes 12, verse 9 to 11. Yes, our teacher says that the words of the wise are like goads. They prod us in to go in directions we may not want to tread. And this is what the book of Proverbs has been about. We have been goaded into confronting the futility of life, our lack of progress. We've been goaded to consider the plight of the poor, the emptiness of religious rituals, and the endless cycles of seasons and years. We have been goaded to consider bad rulers and bad marriages, and to see that life is meaningless under the sun. These are things we don't want to look at, and even less we want to take, we don't want to take seriously. Yes, we run from painful thoughts and conversations. We'd rather divert our attention to anything rather than face the real questions of our existence. This book is one giant goad. Now, of course, the thing we least want to face is our own death. This futility and meaningless struck the first the famous Russian author Leo Tolstoy after his brother passed away. He was goaded into thinking about his death, a subject he had always avoided. He began to realize that after his death and the turning of thousands of years, there'd be no memory of him left on earth. Yes, his books might remain, but enough time would pass that almost certainly there would be no record of his life. He wrote at the time, is there any meaning in my life that wouldn't be destroyed by the death that inevitably awaits me? 
It was a very depressing thought, and Tolstoy was depressed for a season. But he didn't stay there. The goad drove him to a very primitive faith in Jesus. He didn't embrace all the teachings of Scripture, or what you would come become what he, you might call orthodox in his faith. Instead, he clung to the simplicity of Jesus and his teachings in the Sermon on the Mount. As I read Tolstoy's account, it makes me wonder where the goad is driving us. Will we be prodded toward considering that life has no meaning apart from God? Will we come to see the faith more clearly as a result? Of course, that is our goal, to understand what we've been given and the riches that we have in Christ. Now, here's the thing about that ride through the Saharan wilderness. We notice that even the stone pyramids were disintegrating. They seemed to have stood the test of time, but really, they were returning to the dust. They don't stand tall as they used to. Yes, the day will come when the memory of them will also pass as well. But what we have learned is that the kingdom of Jesus is an enduring kingdom. It is a kingdom that will never pass away. As the great hymn reminds us, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Or maybe we should change that song to read, when we've been there 10 million years. That's the good news. Let's pray. Lord, we feel the pain of the goad. We're pushed to face what we'd rather deny. Yet when we do admit our questions, we find we've run into the arms of Jesus. Refresh us today with the awareness of your grace, for we pray in your name. Amen.